0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mangum Talks TV. I am Lee. I am here. I'm joined by Spencer. Spencer, say hey, the people. Hey, everybody. Spencer, we are on the very much on the back half of the first season of um, uh, what's this fucking show we're doing? Uh, succession,
1: sir. Yeah. That's three it. drinks
0: start. Three drinks. Start, three drinks already start. I take it. <laughs> <laughs> we're starting later than I normally do. Yeah. Succession. <laughs> this is true. This is episode eight. It's titled Prague. I will pause it by the end of the episode. It should not be titled Prague. Uh, a little bit of tea'se. yeah, yeah
1: it's it, it's interesting how they pick the titles to these. Sometimes they're directly relevant. Other times they are willfully misleading.
0: yeah, this wasn't a great title, but it was a great episode. This is the episode I've been teasing across multiple mangum talks podcasts with you for a while. It's when I pitched Doing Succession with you. This is the episode I was excited to get to. It's almost like how D and d talked about when they pitched Game of Thrones to George R. R. Martin. They, in the mm-hmm. back of their mind, they were like, if we are successful with this, we'll get to do the Red Wedding. Yeah. <laughs> if I could
1: talk Spencer into this, I will get him to watch Tom's Bachelor Party.
0: So Tom's Bachelor Party is the succession Red Wedding. Um, it, it's the episode you cannot miss.
1: You you have been talking about this for weeks, just building up what it was going to be. And it was, it was getting interesting for me, too. If where other people, were also now starting to do that. Like... My dad and Sarah both came to me and said Spencer, have you watched the episode yet? No And they both sighed, looked away and said Call me when you do Something like that (laughs) Sarah, is that my Sarah? Yeah, Sarah basically said Have you watched the episode yet? And I said, no, I haven't yet She's like
0: Okay (laughs) (laughs) Buckle up Uh, Okay, so let's go ahead and address the elephant in the room Uh, This is an extremely vulgar episode Unnecessarily so Um, debauchery abounds they get into very specific details about said debauchery uh, Mm -hmm. and we are going to cover it um, because that's what we are we're journalists but if you don't have a stomach for that sort of stuff or you don't want to hear something that's potentially gross bail out we'll forgive you come back next episode because this one does get sideways
1: yeah this is your content warning if this podcast was rated anything it would be a decided tvma keep that in mind
0: tv tvma squared so (laughs) just sorry in advance but we're gonna to have to cover it that's what we do um do you want to jump into recap i'm ready okay we're gonna start with the recap and then we'll go to some of our segments we've got spencer's relationship advice of the episode that should be pretty good for this <laughs> one. oh my god we've got roman line of the episode and we've got roy of the episode Hmm. should be interesting handing those out
1: yeah i think we uh i think we can reasonably determine what the winner of one of those categories is going to be the other one is subject to debate
0: We shall see Alright Into the recap we go We start with No cold opening Just opens with the music Uh, Spencer Mm -hmm. Is this the first episode Where they've done this? I'm pretty sure it is Yeah Yeah It It was an interesting shift Wasn't sure what to make of that Well it's weird Because this first scene Could have set up well For a cold opening I don't know why they made that call But they did
1: is that standard now going forward, or is this just a one-off of them doing that? You will
0: have to see, sir. Oh, you taunting bastard. Go on. <laughs> we start with Greg looking out a window. Pretty great view, huh? I mean, out there. Not me. Good one, Greg. I love that line so much. <laughs> Greg's the best. Cut to Logan, who is in a room with Roman, Jerry, and some other folks, and they are discussing the acquisition uh, that Race Star, Waystar Royco is potentially making, which is what they've been talking about for a number of episodes now. It's a packo- package of local TV channels. 70 apparently to be precise 70 yeah and Roman throws out a number 5.3 I'm guessing that's billion you know they don't ever specify but sure yeah probably and the other side agrees and everybody on the Waystar side is pretty It's pretty feels pretty uneasy about the acceptance um, except for maybe Roman, Roman seems happy the other side in an effort to get Logan to just agree says he can close the steal and then he can be the King Kong of local which they're really mm-hmm. playing to you know locals uh, uh, logan's like kind of you know, like his personality right
1: though and this is also the first time we have dropped though that apparently sandy sandy furness is his competitor is previously pretty big in local tv himself mm-hmm. so even say buy in sandy and you're the king kong of locals. so this is our first hint sandy furnace has a bit of an edge
0: on this market already that you're kind of competing with and we already know that logan really has it out for sandy which could explain why he wants all these local TV, uh, this local TV package, right?
1: Quite possible, yeah.
0: Um, they ask Logan if they're good. Jerry says, well, we need to take five. She al- she's almost like the Logan whisperer, man. She can tell right away. Like, oh, yeah. She yeah. F- no. saw the signs. Yep. Roman seems confused This why he isn't happy. <laughs> Logan isn't happy. He says, it's good, right? Whiskey time. <laughs> Logan shut the fuck up. Um, I saw this coming a mile away. I don't know about you, Spencer.
1: Yeah. And this speech from Logan. This is an interesting little speech about his particular business mindset for how these transactions need to be handled.
0: Is it the speech that says, what the fuck is going on? He's selling me things uh, I want at a fair price. What's next, Felatio? Yep.
1: <laughs> that is the beginning, yes. <laughs> do you want to continue? Ah, uh, let's see here. Do, 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 do. I think, uh, And then, yeah, Roman responds, I think he wants out fast. And then he responds, if he does, we fuck him. I think we did just fuck him dead. He's smiling. It's no good if he's smiling. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Well, if uh, we get what we want and uh, they get what they want... Logan, you screw them. You chisel them out. You fucking hurt them. Then you watch them squeal. Roman, I like hurting human beings as much as the next guy, Dad, but this is really fucking good. (laughs) And... Apparently, Logan
1: disagrees and sends him to essentially take, what, either 400000 or $400 million off the offer as he escorts him to the elevator?
0: I think it's got to be $400 million. Cause there's I'm no assuming, thing. yeah. Yeah, Logan says, well, welcome to the elevator and tell him it's 4-9. Roman says, well, yeah, that's insulting, which it is. Uh, Logan says, okay, Jerry, you do it. She has no problems. <laughs> Jerry says, no problem. I'm cool. Down. The loyal soldier. She goes out. Then uh, Logan gives Roman uh, the Roy House words, fuck off. Uh, goes on, if you can't do it, then fuck off a text on your phone you bendy fuck <laughs> this is interesting here because Logan was
1: really directly apparently trying to involve Logan in this decision he's kind of sort of putting him in a bit of a role as an officer Roman, at this Roman. company.
0: yeah Logan's get, trying to
1: get yeah. Roman involved yeah, yeah yeah Logan's trying to get Roman involved and he gives him the opportunity to be directly handling this transaction under his explicit orders but Roman has a moral qualm apparently a place about doing what Logan wants here well, it's a real fucking dick move. I mean, it's, it's spectacular. Its goal seems to be a dick move. This is all about power, and Logan just wants to wield it. That this guy wants it out, fine. We'll make it as painful as possible for him for the sake of demonstrating we're in charge.
0: Yeah. Oof. Then Roman walks out of the room, and he slams Greg in the arm Hard. in such a way that I really think he hit the guy. I think that yeah. <laughs> uh, Macaulay Culkin's brother here. He, I think he really hit him, because it's the type of punch you know hurts because of the delayed reaction. You notice he hit him, and Greg just went, oh, and oh. He, he couldn't actually get out words for a good three <laughs> or four seconds.
1: Yeah. It's like he probably had a line there, but
0: was just incapable of delivering it after that. Stewie then, as they walk, asks Roman if he's all right. Uh, Roman claims, sometimes you have to play possum. Let the old man punch himself out, and then you go in for the kill. Stewie knows mm-hmm. this is bullshit mm-hmm. just as mm-hmm. much as Roman does, and gives him the, yeah, nice. Um, and then he asks if he's seen Kendall. Interesting. Roman yeah. assumes Kindle is blowing off Stewie, just like apparently he's blowing off Roman. Uh, great line here. Roman on Kindle, the last time I saw him, he was smoking crank with some mole man. He's fine. He's fine. He's hustling. <laughs> now, I'll get your comments on the conversation in a second, but I want to point something out here. I love when Roman says something that's true, mm-hmm. but to the audience, it sounds so crazy that they would never believe it.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things where Roman has enough of a reputation now that he no longer really needs to lie. If he just speaks in his normal enough manner, people will just assume that he's just doing his usual Roman thing of just spouting out nonsensical stuff. But he can bury the lead, bury the truth, however he wants, just because he has enough of a reputation that no one will believe him regardless.
0: hmm <laughs> Roman sits down, looks at his phone, and <laughs> I just want to hang out with Roman so bad. Because when you're hanging out with him, this shit might happen. Ah, dude, I don't suppose you know a Coke dealer in Prague, do you? <laughs> I love Stewie's response. Eh, probably. Well, it's a real rich guy move, where it's like, they, his first reaction was, yeah, yeah, probably. Like, his thing is like, well, yeah, I can always do anything. I'm like, sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no problem. A, a, a city in the world? I can get a contact inside of 20 minutes.
0: <laughs> Roman is clearly trying to negotiate some sort of contract for Tom's bachelor party. He ne- needed you on council for that, Spencer.
1: Uh, eh, sure. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Stewie says, maybe a little suspiciously. In that how proactive he is. He Oh, he has an alternative plan. He explains, oh, yes. quote, my girlfriend and her fucking freak dog run these. You ever heard of these parties? Rhomboid?
1: And apparently Roman has. So and
0: question for you. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Rhomboid?
1: I have never heard of Rhomboid. I assumed Rhomboid was made up. Is Rhomboid a real thing?
0: Rhomboid is made up. But. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but. The phenomenon they're describing and that they go into and illustrate on the, in the show, that that is a real thing. They just gave it a funky name.
1: These kind of pop-up in the middle of nowhere in dilapidated setting kind of parties? I, you sound pretty experienced. Oh, I'm not saying I don't know about the parties. You were asking about rhomboid. Rhomboid, I assume, was fictional from prior experience.
0: Yeah. So that, <laughs> I actually had notes here that I'm going to do anyway because I did them. Uh, I was going to give you a quiz.
1: Do you know oh, what God. the
0: other things a rhomboid could be? other than a a freaky orgy sex party that's Uh, non-binary
1: it sounds like a shape
0: uh yes in traditional (laughs) geometry a rhomboid is a parallelogram in which adjacent sides are of unequal value or unequal length and angles are non-right angled
1: well given my grades in geometry i'm gonna take a certain degree of pride in that one uh otherwise i'm drawing a blank what else can a rhomboid be a
0: muscle that connects your spine to your shoulder blades did not know that Ah, that's what i'm here for yeah Roman can't believe it, because apparently the word rhomboid, like in his circles, is like a big deal. She says, bullshit. And then Stewie has this great line. I don't know how many times I've said this to people, joking, um, and nobody ever gets it. I'm telling you, I'm fucking cool. You don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Roman has a great line back. Oh, why? Because has a nip ring and simply will not stop going on about it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's... It's
1: interesting to see these guys go back and forth about this, of where I'm not sure whether Roman is legitimately thinking that I don't really want to take my friends to this, or if he's just kind of put off that Stewie has the in and he doesn't.
0: Yeah, Roman, but, fuck off. I have a reputation. I can't take my crew to watch some art bricks dance around in bowler hats and twizzle their mustaches out of time to the beats. He is funny, and here's the thing about this back and forth. I wrote way more quotes down for this than I should have, because mm. I want to see a spinoff with Roman and Stewie. Just the two of them going off doing
1: adventures in the (laughs) world.
0: (laughs) It's clearly the same writer who writes for both of them. They just go off on these crazy, weird tangents. (laughs) They both are down to get into some odd stuff. Hey, if they want to do
1: a a Survivor spinoff with just Stewie and Roman on an island, I'll pay to watch that show.
0: (laughs) Done. (laughs) Now we get back to the plot, which Stewie advances. saying, are you done? You know who who else will be there? Sandy Furness. Now, this is a big quack, deal. As quack, we talked about, quack. Sandy is one of <laughs> Logan's chief rivals. Roman has a great reaction. He <laughs> <laughs> goes on sort of thing. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, Stewie blows that off and immediately brings up that Sandy has something that Logan very much wants. A large share of the media market.
1: The Now uh, we know is 50 local stations. Sandy
0: was really heavily in local for a while now, apparently. Oh, indeed. Stewie pitches this idea. Come to the party him to sell and trust me when i say this you will become the number one son oh charlie chan reference fine okay that works but it's such a weird thing to say and how roman just accepts it like yeah. with the dynamic of that family if i was roman i would really resent that line but he just kind of yeah. goes "Oh, okay cool."
1: yeah it's one of those things of where they both know it's true they both know what his stake is in this family and how low it is even with kendall ostracized uh, and so there's just no need to even get to even bridle about it. It's obviously the case.
0: Always higher than Connor, though. Well, Connor's not even factoring into the calculation.
1: It's just one of those things of where it's Kendall and it's Roman, and if Shiv ever gets involved, she'll probably be put
0: to number one spot. Stewie says, okay, I'll set it up. All I need are the names of the people who will be attending, and, uh, one more thing. Uh, bring Kendall. Yeah, just offhand. You know, yeah. I, I gotta
1: apologize to him.
0: Make things up. Yeah, because Stewie's big into apologies. Yeah, that's
1: something we've seen in his character previously, and Roman, so starry-eyed from the opportunity that that, uh, Stewie just presented him, just kind of brushes over that, even though he knows Stewie.
0: Yeah, it's pretty weird. Um, We cut to a really, really douchey scene of Kendall listening to a song. Um, Spencer, do you know any of the lyrics to this song? you know anything about this song?
1: This is a brand new song for me. I had never heard it before. As far as I know, they actually wrote it for this scene. It seems perfect for Kendall.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's called... It's from DJ Shadow. It's called Nobody Speaks. Um, uh, I'll just give you, Again, warned you. This is a blue episode. Sorry. Here we go. Picture this. I'm a bag of dicks. Put me to your lips. That's how it starts. Good start. Yeah, start there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps going. And what's so funny about it is this is what he's listening to in the car. Um, with Frank
1: Personally my, the, the next line is actually my favorite I am sick I will punch a baby bear In his shit It's like what the hell is this song oh, he's Establishing Fuck a baby bear <laughs> I'm gonna um, get soft over a baby bear uh, Yeah I'm with you I'm with you I agree with you though That this is apparently his mood music To go into a business dealing with Frank Sitting right next to him while he weirdly Puts on tennis shoes
0: yeah he's putting on new sneakers not bad looking sneakers by the way i couldn't really figure out what they were i did cursory research i'm not a big sneaker head i like sneakers couldn't figure it out but they do look pretty pretty good to me uh he motions for the driver or bro as he calls him to turn up the base and frank is right now the top upvoted post on our watch people die inside <laughs> did not know that but yeah that face screams
1: that motion
0: yeah that he actually is he's number one right now uh frank asks if kendall is good Uh, Very, very germane question to Kendall's behavior. And he says he's okay. Kendall then says yes, uh, but respectfully asks Frank not to, quote, drag himself in there like the world's oldest man. (laughs) To which Frank can only respond, I'll try. Frank walks in and he says he likes their name. Very funky. Look, here's the thing. I have a theory on this. I think Frank might have been able to close this if it was just Frank and his money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think Frank would have gone in there as a very much known entity and they would have expected what out of him and they would have understood it. I also think, I mean, we'll we'll discuss this as we go through it. I think Kendall does a great job, but the mere fact that it's him and he's there ruins this deal. You think
0: Kendall did a great, all right, let's go through this. We got to talk about this. Sure. Frank says, very funky. I think they liked it. It's a good, charming old man line, but Kendall puts ketchup on his burrito. And so he says, sorry, please excuse Captain fucking Bebop here. Mm -hmm. Then he tries to connect with these two women he's meeting, commenting on the earrings one of them has on. Very Bauhaus. Spencer, what's Bauhaus? Don't know. Me neither. We'll move on. Um, (laughs) We don't fit in this crowd. uh, He said he's a big fan of what they do. He says you guys do, by the way. Great, great. Uh, Very, very tone appropriate. Calls it fucking sweet chili sauce. I swear to God, this show makes me think that rich people just call things weird stuff. Yeah, because no one ever questions them on it. Then, <laughs> Sure, I can refer
1: to something by any adjective that I choose, whether it's appropriate or not. No one's going to say anything about it.
0: Weird tangent here, but I listened to the podcast, it's 30 for 30, about Donald Sterling, the guy who um, used to own the Clippers until there was racist recordings of him that caused the NBA to basically exile him. Mm-hmm. And during the podcast, they made it clear that he and his wife, who were both billionaires, call everything fabulous. Oh, it was fabulous. Oh, it was fabulous. And you notice, like, if you like him or not like him, our president does the same thing. Big, beautiful, it's perfect, it's all this stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. in the same vein of Kendall saying sweet fucking chili sauce or whatever the hell he says, I think that rich people just have these real crazy superlatives that they're constantly living in. And And it's, like, part of their vocabulary in a way that, like, someone like me and you would find so absurd we would never say it. Uh, answer to your prior question, by the
1: way, Bauhaus was a German art school operational from 1919 to 1933, famous for for modernist architecture and art. Quick draw Google over
0: here. Nice. Uh, I'm here for you. Um, anyway, um, on to, uh, have you noticed that Kendall is, here's the thing, like, so you said Kendall was good in this.
2: <laughs> he does not I mean, start
0: well. He gets there. I tend to think that he's impressively bad and in, in the type of way that you, he, every single thing he does is wrong. Which is impressively really? bad to me. Like it would be hard to yeah. fuck this up as much as Kendall does. I think you could just come come in, literally listen to their um, their slide deck, offer a check, and he would have been miles better than the crap he did.
1: No, I, I I'm actually gonna disagree with you based on what we hear later from one of the women in the room as to why they were rejected. I don't think... I think Kendall's mere presence ruined the deal, but it it, it would not necessarily matter to to the degree that he was involved at all. The fact he's affiliated with this company kills the deal more than anything what he does here.
0: Uh, I I don't know. He does come in and say he gets it. Basically, you buy a painting from some art student in a basement, jack up the price, sell it to some Morgan Stanley sex pest, and you, me, and the student all get rich, right? Again, he starts poorly. (laughs) Say so. He Uh. doesn't... He
1: doesn't really come around to it, and he doesn't actually start to legitimately start to create a rapport with them until until he actually starts dropping all these layers of douchiness and admits that I literally put these shoes on to try to impress you. I don't know a damn thing about what you do. No. Here's what I do know, and here's what I can offer you. And that starts getting honest and legitimate in a way that they actually seem to be, for a moment, receptive to.
0: You just got conned by Kendall.
1: I got conned by Kendall.
0: Yeah. Kendall put those shoes on only to eventually take them off.
1: You think this was a conscious effort on his part? 100%. If he, so, I think it's a successful maneuver. I think it actually works with them for a second. I just think he's doomed from the get-go in a way he does not get yet.
0: Yeah. They respond very icy to this. They said, well, we're interested in increasing the reach of young artists and the democratization of art. Kendall switches gears. Says he was just explaining what the sharks would say. Mm-hmm. Um, Frank Look on his face He doesn't think It's going to save very this. well <laughs> yeah. um, um Also can we talk about This other guy in the room Who's kind of in the shadows Who's trying to keep This thing on the rails Yeah Yeah He's there too MVP effort from this guy He pushes them to talk About funding cycles Tries to move the conversation along mm-hmm. Kendall again cuts her off As she starts talking And starts going on About his shoes Now Maybe this didn't Jump out to you But he has not Allowed them to talk Since he got in the room This is true He's also high, Probably very high Right now
1: Ah, who knows? (laughs) I think there's an edge of it. But, yes, this is, it is an interesting way of trying to start this meeting. I agree, it's very unsuccessful up until this moment. I find this moment, whether it's put on or not, provides at least a veneer of honesty and and actually making his own pitch to them. And then seemingly from here, he allows the meeting to go forward.
0: Yeah, he does. Um, he talks about the shoes. He says he got them to look cool. We, we touched on this. He finally yeah. lands on something remotely compelling. Yes, I find it very compelling. <laughs> I don't know about art. What I do know is how to monetize your concept and help it help it achieve the scale it deserves. I don't know, man. I just feel it's a little too late here. But uh, then she, uh, he says they should go with him because he's small and boutique. I mean, come on, you're still a royal. You're not small. Quote... <laughs> We're not the gang of four with the fucking Rebel Alliance. Another Star Wars reference for this show, Spencer. And this one, they smile at. She doesn't to like that. He ends with, mm-hmm. "I'm the asshole who can be your Warhol." And he, here's what stuck out to me: here is that Kindle is so jaded that, mm-hmm. in effect, his pitch is, "You need a bad guy." So, of all the bad guys, pick me. Doesn't it occur to him that maybe these, like, really into what they're doing? professionals may not want to work with bad guys period maybe you should pitch yourself as a good guy
1: yeah but he can't ever do that
0: he because of his
1: name because of his reputation because of what he's done leading up to this moment that's never something he can market in a way that anyone would ever trust
0: not when he comes in talking about how they're just buying shitty art from an art student in the basement jacking up the price
1: <laughs> which is honestly what they're probably doing but you know not what not the not, not how you want to frame it to them who are at least
0: presenting themselves as true believers cut to Greg who's one of these people who use the little creamer cups
1: <laughs> they're there and you know he apparently up until this moment was making most was getting most of his food out of the kitchen in terms of surviving
0: Spencer do you drink coffee
1: uh, no I don't I drink yeah tea.
0: I thought you were one of those people all right so that's a that's weird but two. The people who drink coffee, like any social setting, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you're at an office. Hell, even if you're like at a gas station or something where those little cups are available. Little pro tip here. Life for our listeners. Never use the little creamer cups.
1: What would you recommend as an alternative?
0: Uh, d- d- use the powdered creamer or don't or milk if they have it. But don't use the little creamer cups. Because you look like an idiot with this little <laughs> cup. Trying to undo the (laughs) top and then try to get the little half an ounce of liquid into your coffee. And most people have to do three or four of them. Like Greg has multiples on his desk. You look Mm. like an idiot. Just, just, that's it. PSA. This pro pro tip brought to you by (laughs) Lee. He's outside of Logan's office, apparently waiting to talk to him. Greg said he's somewhere between the devil and the deep blue sea. Do you know what this is a reference to? Uh,
1: It sounds very familiar. What is
0: it? Beetle song. Oh, it is. Yeah. Good for Greg. He asked Logan's secretary if he should leave because apparently his direct boss is waiting on him. Now, look, I don't know the internal workings, um, the office politics of Waystar Royco, but I can tell you, I don't know who his boss is, but he needs to wait there. Yeah. The boss will wait, Greg. Understand this. If you
1: say, look, I had a meeting with Logan Roy, the boss can't say shit.
0: Greg drops that he's been waiting for three and a half hours. So I'm a little bit more sympathetic at this point um do, logan then do, calls and says to send greg in. do you think this was a meeting that greg asked for or that logan asked for i'm presuming logan logan did yeah 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 okay i think it's because of, of the tenor of it right because logan sets the agenda when he walks in and then greg says oh while i have you
1: I also don't think that Greg could have ever tried to request or schedule a meeting with Logan, regardless of his family connections.
0: That's a very good call. A very relatable moment here. Logan points out, points at his machine and says, it's the wheel. It's doing its thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Logan's understanding
1: of technology is not exactly at top end.
0: Greg comments that it's buffering. Um, suggests that maybe you knock it down to low quality. Uh, Logan says, why don't you just do that? Um, Greg starts to do that and bizarrely says... It's a heck of a good head of hair on you there.
1: What What? what compelled that <laughs> line?
0: What compelled
1: Greg to say that? Why?
0: <laughs> oh, my God. It's so bad. Logan has no idea what to do with that, obviously. Um, uh, Spencer, uh, I think we should note the video that Logan was trying to watch, which is candidate Gil Rivas slamming him personally.
1: Yeah, this is interesting. We haven't previously seen him just spending his spare time apparently watching Gil do his thing. But apparently when he refers to this guy as his enemy, he really means it.
0: Yeah, he does. And, you know, we also, I think the last episode we were meant to believe that this was Gil telling Shib, hey, I'm going to take it to another level here. I'm not just Mm going to complain about ATN. I'm going to complain about your dad personally. And that looks like what he's doing here. And that's clearly Mm -hmm. gotten on the radar of Logan no question um then logan says i heard you and the boys are heading out for tom's bachelor party when this video starts playing of gil revis uh slamming logan greg is so awkward He calls him a jackhole
1: (laughs) he does yes do
0: you use that term jackhole? that word has never passed my lips no (laughs) (laughs) i really hope it does someday uh mm. and then gill he says gill just lost his vote okay well were you going to vote from the first place that's not a good thing to say to logan logan slams the video off and says listen to me um could you do me a favor can you make sure that kendall doesn't come back in a box i don't want him showing up dead at the bottom of some french mm. f words pull
1: uh question about this i'm curious of your views is this legitimate concern for his son or trying to avoid the media spectacle or if you believe it's a combination of the two where do you weigh
0: them Seventy-five percent concerned for his son, twenty-five percent worried about the media spectacle. You have
1: better thoughts for Logan than I do. I was going to weigh it in the other direction, but well, sure, fine.
0: Well, I agree it, it's a combination, but in a weird way, I don't because I think that Logan is has an ego enough that he's not. He thinks he can control the media, media cycle. So bad I don't think he's about, he's worried that that would get away from him particularly bad.
1: That is a valid point. Didn't really think of him
0: that way. Uh, a heck of an ask here for Greg. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure why Greg is the guy, (laughs) but he says he can do it. And then he brings up wanting to make a lateral shift within the company. says he'd like to move out from Parks, uh, i.e. Tom, and into, I don't know, something like digital. Greg says he doesn't want to name any names, but the culture in Parks can border on the personally abusive at times. Logan immediately notes that it's Tom. Tom? Uh, Yeah, go ahead. I like that there's just no delay. The, the,
1: Greg, your efforts at hiding the ball here were unsuccessful with Logan. I'm sorry, but I, I'm so amused by this. Where he immediately knows it's Tom and then seems visibly impressed.
0: They, like I think he even says, I didn't know he had it in him. He does. And I think that that is indicative of a real problem here with Logan. Yeah. Because uh, he's just being told that one of his directors... Um, very high up in the company is personally abusive, and he responds by being like cool with it, like, oh wow, that's cool. Um, I didn't know he had it in him. because
1: yeah, his opinion of Tom is remarkably low, and we've heard him previously say To shiv that that he was far beneath her. Now we have an indication that he maybe just didn't see that he had a uh, aggressive and aggressive and vile enough spirit uh, to him to carry himself in
0: this world. Oh, he doesn't just say it to Shiv. he says it in a, a kitchen full of people, including Tom.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's to the world when he says that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Greg says he can be pretty able in that department, the abusive department. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I'm doing, sir, is that I'm flagging to you that I'm ready for the next chapter. Logan says, "Take care of this for me, and perhaps we'll talk." Classic non-response of a person with all the power, right? Like, if you're at, like Spencer, you're asking me for something. I say, "Can can mm-hmm. I can I have this?" And you have zero power. I'm fully empowered to just go. Okay, we'll just go do this, and we'll talk. Yeah,
1: because you? You'll do it.
0: Regard- <laughs> at that point. It's in
1: recognition that you will do it regardless just because I asked you. And if I choose at the end of this to give you a boon, you'll appreciate that as something I didn't have to do. Yep. This isn't an equal transaction. We're not in the same playing field. You don't get to ask me for favors.
0: No, no. But, you know, you did, so just go do something and maybe I'll consider talking to you about said thing. Greg says muchly appreciated. He does. (laughs) And as he leaves, he sort of cusses himself under his breath for saying muchly. It's pretty rough.
1: This is like the second time that Logan said this exact same thing to Greg, and the second time that Greg, without question, just goes, thanks, great, yeah, and seems like to fully believe that this is going to happen now.
0: Yeah. Cut to Gil giving a talk again about how the billionaires are the bane of existence. Shiv <laughs> is reading something, and Nate gets all up in her business. Mm-hmm. Spencer, don't care about this line. Don't care about this this whole romance, this whole plot line don't like it you've been saying this since before this romance
1: existed I am aware sir that this this does not resonate with you and I'm right there with you
0: yeah but it gets really bad this episode it um, does it's and it, you know what it's so disappointing because the rest of the episode is just so uh, I, would, I I think we can call it historic
1: I don't view it quite as negatively as you do but it definitely seems to just break the flow of what's good about the show that's what I'm it doesn't, there's so much good, there's so much quality, there's so much that resonates well with the show. And this, while not bad,
0: just doesn't fit in with that. It doesn't. And this episode itself is, to me, so, so incredible. And this just really puts the brakes on it. And this is one of those moments that it does. They start to have a discussion about strategy. SHIB is clearly a traditional sort of campaign staffer, says, you know, what any poli-sci 101 student can tell you, oh yeah, play to the base in the primary, tack to the middle in the and the general. And Nate astutely points out that um, Bernie Sanders cannot pivot to the middle. (laughs) Yeah, that's not an option for him. Bernie cannot do that, dude. Uh, I cut to Tom, who's with Roman Greg Connor on some old train tracks. Boom, we're getting started, Spencer.
1: Yeah, and at this point, did anyone have any questions why they were meeting on train tracks to then go to Prague? Because, you know, that doesn't seem like a place you'd normally ever be dropped off for any purpose other than to be murdered.
0: Yeah, so they are, they're they're asking right away, because the first thing we see is uh, Tom telling Shib that he there's been a change of plans, and he thinks he's getting pranked.
1: Yeah, with good cause, because that would be where my, where my mind is at when I present it with this evidence.
0: Uh, Greg asks what's going on, Roman says, hold your tingling wiener. <laughs> uh, all right, so I'm going to do something here. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to compare Connor to a friend of ours. He's not going to like it. Apologize in advance. Connor, for about 10 minutes in this episode, really adopts our friend's our BJ per, BJ's personality.
1: Okay, go on with that. I'm going to sit over here and just listen with rapt attention.
0: Yeah, like, so, our friend BJ, if you don't listen to all of the pods, you just listen to this one. He's a really good friend of ours. But he's a planner. Mm-hmm. My man is a planner. Obviously, Connor is a planner. And some of these lines he drops, while well, they're absurd, I just laugh thinking like, oh, God, if we did some bullshit like this, on pj <laughs> we would be getting a lot of these lines uh, so anyway let me say what i'm uh, what i'm talking about so the first one is i don't think you know how disruptive it is to change the itinerary at this late stage <laughs> and what's so cool is that you have this guy who connor's absurd it's kind of ridiculous he is adopting this sort of like you're you're being unreasonable here and he's trying to like reason with fucking roman yeah bad idea really Uh, Just adding fuel to his fire. Tom talking to Shib. I don't know what's going on, but I've got a feeling it's liable to get a little disgusting. Generally, be said about any party that Roman is fucking planning. Yeah, why would Tom pick
1: Roman to coordinate this thing? Honestly, why not? (laughs) Admittedly, he's going to throw a wild party, but you can't trust him ever. Well, We'll think. All right, let's
0: think of the alternatives. All right, you've got. Pottery class and fucking how to get rid of your gut bacteria with Connor. Mm-hmm. You've got meth in a crankhouse with yeah, Kendall.
1: Th- th- yeah, that is Kendall's recent thing. Yeah.
0: You get uh Ship can't do it. Mm-hmm. Logan won't do it.
1: Uh Tom's would be at uh well. Well take t- Tom's guess Bachelor be, Party, yeah. I mean, I mean I mean Tom. I mean Greg would probably be holding it at California Pizza Kitchen. Oh yeah
0: It would be, it would be Greg and Buster So he'd be keeping costs down <laughs> Yeah mm-hmm. So it's and You kind of have to do wrong What, what, what about the two Flying friends Oh the fly guys Fly guys uh, Tom is talking to but He's basically asking her He does this multiple times This episode Is it okay for him to cheat And she repeatedly Tells him yes She doesn't want to say it But she does this line Which is code for her She's done it a couple times now We're both adults Yeah As if that being an a... adult Just you know That's just what we do As adults yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, she sucks. Do you know the line that he says to her after she says we're both adults? Oh, I'm trying to find it now. What does he say?
1: I don't want to say. Uh. Oh, okay. All right. You want me to say it? <laughs> yeah, I found please it. do. Please. Oh, Shiv, honey badger. God, I just want to dock myself inside you so much right now. <laughs> God damn that line. It, that. <laughs> Every every episode of the show has a line where I just stop and go, I need a minute.
0: I can't go on any longer right now. <laughs> the actress who plays Shib, I don't think she always does a good job. But in that moment, she did a good one. Because you could see her kind of recoil and just go, oh, oh, Tom. Okay, all right. I gotta go.
1: <laughs> it, it's uh, just one of those things where Tom is saying this
0: with just full and complete love. Yeah. This is just how he chooses to express That's it. That's how Tom sweet talks. So he give you that one for free, Spencer. Use that one if you want it. No, never, <laughs> ever. Roman con- uh, comments that Kendall has now feigned to join them. Um, Kendall comes up in full douche mode. Oh yeah, says he was late because he was revolutionizing tech financing. Roman says on coke. Twitch Greg, Greg in, in 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 on full job right now. Oh, I hope not. What's up? <laughs> uh, Roman gets things started again. I really want to hang out with Roman. So he wants to fuck a hobo. Pause. Beat. <laughs> is he serious? Nobody? Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's party.
1: <laughs> Just like, okay, well, I'm presenting a viable alternative to what I actually had planned. No one's taking that? Okay, let's go
0: then. Uh, directs them down the tracks of a tunnel. Uh, Roman is handing out flashlights. and No one seems to know what's happening, but Kendall, Kendall does. I don't know if you caught it. Kendall says, what is this, some sort of pop-up? Which is exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, I picture Kendall's
1: been to a couple of these
0: before himself. Might have thrown a few possible yeah connor comments that he can't go in the tunnel because he only has his flight socks and tsa (laughs) slip-ons on this man comes prepared you see what i'm talking about though spencer yeah
1: there's yeah i I wasn't seeing it at first but yeah it is there now and i can't miss it it's a little bit
0: a little bit Mm -hmm. uh not that he's ever wrong about any of this by the way which is also something funny like like as you're watching this as an audience member the tendency is to shit on him but then if you back up a little bit, you're like, well, wait a second. I mean, yeah, he probably does have f- shoes for flight on, and he's asking him to go in this fucking tunnel. Um, but just the way he says it, it's funny. Tom comments that he's worried he's walking into a trap. Um, some of Tom's regular human friends show up. These are the fly guys, I guess, because they have to fly in.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh Roman completely forgot about these guys, or if, if he ever heard of them. Um, says it's a tight guest list, but offers to give them money for some coffees. Did he...
1: This is a question I had. Is Roman doing this intentionally or was this entirely an oversight on his part?
0: I imagine that Tom was talking to him at some point and said, hey, um, uh, how about my friends? And he said, yeah, 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 fine, fine, fine.
1: Yeah, just no no thought of them ever crossed his mind. In his world, the only people that matter are these immediate family. They're the only real people here. Those other guys, you know, I can give them coffee money and
0: they're little people. They'll appreciate that. Shout out to those guys, though. They're like, I can fucking get my own coffee, dude.
1: Yeah. I mean, those guys handled about as well as they can because, man, did they get shit on for this episode.
0: Did you think we were ever going to see them again?
1: No, no. I, I figured that their role was done right then and there. Apparently, I'm curious to know, because Tom tells them, just wait and we'll be back in like 10 minutes. And they don't come back in 10 minutes. Those guys aren't there when they arrive out. Curious how long they waited.
0: I'm going to guess 15 minutes and they went and got a beer and they went back to their hotel room.
1: That's my guess. If I was those guys, I would know from the moment they walked down that tunnel. I'm not seeing them again today. Uh, Let's go find our own thing to do.
0: Yep. So they take off down the tunnel. And Roman explains that Prague fell through because he got busy. Do you think it really fell through because he got busy?
1: No, Prague was never planned at all because Roman found out he could meet with Sandy Furness. And so this became the plan.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Greg sees a rat and seems to think that's the worst possible thing he could ever see. Well, he's wrong. Uh, Connor, another good one. You guys, this is a disaster on the footwear front. <laughs> Can I change? It's a dead rat. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Roman, uh, kind of a sweet brother move here, actually. Um, asks Kindle if he's going to be okay around all the booze and the coke and the shit and offers to tell people not to drink or use around him. Uh, Kindle, a little different headspace here. He says, I'd be fine. I'm fine. Fine. Which <laughs> um, not a good sign from uh, from an addict. Uh, Tom, Greg, and Connor finally start moving, uh, leaving this dead rat. Roman mentions, Kindle is now into apps. Kindle, I'm rebalancing away from crypto into eco. What does that mean no what? i mean i know what crypto is i don't know what eco is
1: I mean eco i would assume was something related to ecological or maybe environmental related stuff which seems to be nothing about what he just did
0: i'm sure that's a tech term like, i'm guessing yeah yeah uh, eco no i don't think this is an actual like <laughs> actual ecological reference here i think it's something it's to do with uh those little those little computers that you don't understand spencer yeah you know tin cans they're all i, I get i get that i get that kindle yeah it's good it's better than being carried around in dad's pocket like Stuart little roman great line they're nice pockets spacious
1: and this is one of the things roman survives in a way that none of his other siblings seem like they're gonna because he just knows this is my job this is my role i'm not here to make waves or have an ego and i will have power and money as a result of that yeah it's kind of like an evolved state of tom really
0: I do think it's a fair bet, like, and I, I don't, this is no spoiler or anything, but I think it's a fair bet at this point in the series just to think that Roman is probably eventually going to inherit everything.
1: Just because it's the, you'll be the last person standing. Yep. Everyone else will have effectively killed themselves with their own pride and Roman will be the last one to pick up their bodies.
0: Kendall asks how um, Logan is and Roman says he's good and immediately moves it to him. He says, he's tasked me with the rocket launch and local TV deal says he's crushed it. Uh, Kendall says, good for you. Roman drops a weird line here. You can't keep a good dog in a cage. Hmm.
1: Yeah, and this, I didn't really make much of it other than it was this kind of strange line to put out. And I had no way of knowing at this point that this would be one of the driving forces of the entire episode, of the explanation of this story.
0: Kendall does make a face when he says it, which I didn't catch the first time I did on a rewatch. Connor, as they're walking in, says, While is happy in Auslitz. Uh sure, Austerlitz, sorry, uh Hmm. sure um great and connor says therefore he won't be engaging in any debauchery thanks for announcing that
1: yeah good to set ground rules before everybody right then and there
0: connor again i mean come on Spencer, you get it explains he's been on central european time for 48 hours soon would be ready for (laughs) breakfast doesn't know if this is a party with a lot of food is this a party with food or is it gonna be food here Tom is freaking out because he doesn't know what is happening. And Stewie emerges from the darkness. um, Ask Kendall if they are good. Kendall, great line here. You're my third oldest friend and you fuck me like a tied goat. We're great.
1: (laughs) This is an interesting state of Kendall in the course of this episode. I really... We talked about last episode that Kendall may have been the winner just because he was being honest and actually making things happen as a result of his kind of drug debaucherous kind of state. It's really apparent this episode that Kendall, in what emotional state he is in now... Just has no time for shit.
0: Now, and it's kind of fun to see. I know. It, and, and you kind of got on me a little bit last episode for this, for naming him Roy of the episode. Which, by the way, uh, I lost that one. Uh, uh, the listeners did not think the guy who relapsed and started doing prank <laughs> with strangers won the episode. Uh, little, a <laughs> little surprise to me. Um, mm. But, yeah, I do like this version of Kendall because he's a no-nonsense fucking guy. And he's actually still pretty smart even when he's high. Oh yeah, he's very, it's been really interesting to see over the last, court, it's been an arc for
1: Kendall over the course of this first season, but he's really started to impress me that, no, this guy has some business acumen, this guy has some really good sense and insight into things. It's just covered under a massive layer of douche that has now been stripped away because he's lost a lot of that.
0: Yeah, Stewie now starts directing traffic. Greg offers to bring Kendall anything he needs, water, soft drink. Uh, Kendall <laughs> says, actually, you can get me um, something off the menu. Uh, give me some ketamine. Spencer any time with any idea what that is? You know, I was pondering
1: that and I debated looking it up. I don't actually know what ketamine is and what effect it has on a person. Do you know what the term special K is? Uh is it another term for ketamine? It's also <laughs> a cereal. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's uh it's like uh, it used to be horse tranquilizer. They fucked with it now. It's different stuff, but it basically is a big fucking tranquilizer okay so he
1: he wants a powerful downer right now i'm guessing that's because he's going to mix that with the cocaine he's trying for later
0: spencer it's like you've been here before Um, i'm here for you man i learned things tom still seems freaked out now he's starting he's got starting to get angry he's starting to blame roman uh then the doors open to this place and whoa what the fuck
1: And it's interesting to see Tom's opinion shift over the course of this episode because as you said, he starts this just bashing Roman, that just, thanks man this is where you led me, and the doors open and it becomes, you know, this eyes wide shut kind of landscape before them, and Tom starts getting excited to the point he can't stay still.
0: Yeah, he tries, Roman tries to uh, explain what the place is it's a physical fun palace if you're into and she's into it, all good look at this fucking guy with a bird mask like eyes wide shut (laughs) yeah greg asks if it's an orgy roman explains that this isn't 1997 so it's not an orgy and it's not that this it's not that stop being so binary mr betamax um he says it's whatever you want it to be it's a sand pit for emergent behavior uh tom is still trying to figure this out he gets excited um ask would it be cool to just start you know like hooking up right here and roman says yeah dude it's fine um, Roman asked Kendall if he likes a girl dressed up as a pussycat Kendall uh, real catch up on the burrito moment business is my fucking <laughs> yeah yeah That's.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't put quite put it at catch up on the burrito situation I can see it working if you mean it not seriously but he means it fully seriously right now
0: I know Roman hits him back though great line great I'll find you a Bloomberg terminal to stick your dick in <laughs>
1: Uh, and yeah, Connor's already starting to piece out right now. Just like, okay, um, this is not what I planned on. I was probably planning on touring the museums in Prague, and now this is something different.
0: Yeah, and this is about this is about the moment that any any um, comparison we have with Connor and my friend BJ, uh, founded or unfounded, founded completely goes away because this yeah. this now Connor flips into another mode um, that is hilarious but really fucking weird. Um, <laughs> Greg then um, offers um, possibly the most Spencer line of the episode. Oh, please, yes. Which line are you going with here? He wants to know if there are neutral areas.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. First line. Full line. Neutral areas in terms of not being, you know, compulsory to do sex stuff. That is such a thing. I would say at this
0: situation, <laughs> you would be looking around. You may not say it like like that, but you would be looking around, like, okay, is there just
1: like a normal room? Right. Is there a gallery? Is there like an area where I can just sit and watch, you know, watch things like be the anthropologist in the room? Can, can, is that somewhere? It's like a glass booth that I can just look in, you know, Roman. No, Greg, if you refuse, they cut your dick off. <laughs> <laughs> Something you would. I, that's a line I think you would say to me if I ever just dared. Say it wouldn't.
0: It would. I would be giving you the type of shit. Oh, yeah, sure. We paid five thousand dollars for you to come in here. And look at paintings. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Kendall sees one of the girls from the pitch meeting doing coke. Um, hilarious to me that he doesn't. The, the coke thing is whatever. He just says look i like coming by he has this weird line that it might be synchronicity for them to both be both be there Mm -hmm. um and she basically just says yeah over and over again and dumbass kindle seems to think she's saying yes to working with him and this is a something we see in this episode but in previous episodes as well between both kindle and connor or kindle and roman they can't figure out when people are actually telling them yes or not
1: no there's they've probably been raised throughout much of their lives with just everyone telling them yes that that's really the only thing they expect that when someone says yes yeah things will happen they don't really have an idea that anyone would be not doing what they've been asked or told to do and as you said like when we saw when they're um, trying to work the conversations with uh, Stewie and with uh, Lawrence I believe it is the guy from yeah, Walter yeah Lawrence yeah yep that both of them just do the exact same thing here where it's utterly non-committal it's in no way saying what they actually want them to say in terms of guaranteeing participation and agreement but just the mere fact that they don't actively disagree and just kind of politely go through the conversation convinces these doofuses that they're 100 percent in my camp and i can count on them
0: so fucking stupid um uh then greg offers a one wine one water policy
1: uh, yeah, because, you know, Greg is on task here. He has received orders from on high, and he's going to ensure that his designated guy he's supervising does not die tonight. Uh,
0: he then mentions risotto balls, because they could suck up, you know, I guess the liquor, and Kendall just looks at him and says ketamine and walks off. Yeah. Uh, Connor provides a helpful tip here. Shout out to you, Connor. Uh, Spencer, you need to, you need to do this one, too, in your personal life. Ask him where they were on 9-11. If they don't remember, they are too young.
1: Yeah, I'm not ever doing that. And I'm not using that as a pickup line in any way,
0: ever. That's just not. No, Connor, you are so weird. It's a f- fucking strange line. Tom says uh, he has a hall pass. Um, and he I told you guys it's, it's dirt. Uh, this is a blue blue podcast. So, uh, you know, forgive me. He said he's going to blow his load multiple times. Did you notice the girl hear him say that?
1: No, I didn't. How does she react?
0: So it, it's the same girl he ends up with later. She hears hmm. this line and she's just walking with her friends. And she's clearly a freak because she just turns and looks really excited that this weirdo just said this thing.
1: She's here for a purpose and she has found her target for the evening.
0: Um, Greg asks if Shib has the same hall pass and he completely fries Tom's brain. <laughs> Tom had not yeah. considered this before. I'm just, Tom, come on now.
1: You've had several episodes of Shib setting this up. I mean, if the friggin' prenuptial agreement and her dropping the first time because we're adults line didn't put you, didn't already put you on notice... It's taken
0: Greg now to finally get you there. But isn't this totally like a guy thing?
2: Yeah, Where like your girlfriend's
0: like, yeah, look, I get it. One night, go to the strip club, do your thing. And most men, I think, would never go, okay, well then what is she going to do?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, now that Greg has asked him, Tom cannot get it out of his head and
0: calls Shiv to ask. We'll get there in a minute, though. He does. Um, Connor at the bar. Ask Roman what the white pills are. <laughs> They're just oh, randomly sitting there. Roman explains that they are Molly Happy Pills. Spencer, question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say we happened ourselves into this situation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is there any chance that you might have just assumed that these things were mints and popped a couple in your mouth?
1: No, no, dear Christ, no. I know atmosphere. I know context. I'm not assuming. I'm, I'm not eating anything in this damn place.
0: <laughs> okay, you're too smart for it. I do think that there are people in this world. Oh,
1: yeah. just
0: like, oh, there's, there's Diner Mints, pump. <laughs> Roman, again, cautions Connor, but he Rome, Connor does it. I mean, he reassures him. I say, my God, man, I smoked weed once in the back of a car in 1986 <laughs> listening to Fleetwood Mac, so, you know, I can handle this. Um, Connor takes it and then says it's one of many. And Roman gets more serious mm-hmm. than he has ever been in the show and says, you do not take any more.
1: It it was actually really kind of nice and a little bit even heartwarming to have Roman just very much, A, trying to dissuade Connor from doing this, and B, really set down the law in a way we don't see Roman do, is that, no, you're taking one, and I kind of need you to agree with me right now, you're only taking one.
0: Right, and from what we see uh, from Connor later in the episode, good call by Roman.
1: Oh, yeah. I like it that Connor immediately goes, okay, okay, one. And does stick with that,
0: but yeah, because... One was enough for Connor for the evening. Uh, Cut to Kendall. He's uh, talking to Stewie. He's explaining how he's revolutionizing everything. Um, Stewie says, look, man, that's cool. Uh, But you realize I had no choice with the vote. Um, I have to follow the money, man. God, Stewie's the worst. Um, But he at least is predictable. And he does tell Kendall that he can make it up to him. Ask Kendall if he wants to be all the way out, meaning all the way out of his father's company. Offers Mm -hmm. $500 million for Kendall's share uh, of Raystar stock, and then as a sweetener, he says it's actually straight liquid. So we're just giving you cash here. This is not like you know swap for something. It's you're just getting money. This is an offer you
1: don't get much.
0: <laughs> this yeah. is
1: th- this is extreme to the point that it actually catches Kendall off guard and a little bit speechless for a second because d- d- I, I how does Stewie have that kind of money to even offer that?
0: Yeah, uh, and he says he he would consider it, um, and Stewie says okay. Well, then we need to go talk to Sandy. And Kendall seems stunned. Sandy Furness? Uh, yeah, they walk off. Roman sees them walking away and clearly does not like it.
1: Why does Stewie tell him? Why does Stewie let him know it's Sandy? Because What is his motivation?
0: Then? Well, because the first time he tried to get him to talk in private, uh, Kendall said, how about we talk here?
1: Okay, but he's already presented now the offer and Kendall's receptive.
0: Yeah, I think it's just a—it's a, a sweetener. And also it also might be, like, his way of saying, hey, I got a really rich guy in the other room. I'm not lying about this.
1: It may, I think it could be an element of that. I think it could be an element of just, okay, you don't trust me anymore. Let me show you my full hand so you fully understand what this is. It also may be an element of Sandy reading the room and going, I'm, once he knows it's me, it's another opportunity for him to fuck with his dad. And maybe that'll even help persuade him right now. Because he's not the only sibling that's pissed at, the, at his dad right now.
0: Yeah, I agree. We cut to Shib and Nate in bed. Spencer, no surprise. You actually like this scene. Okay. Tell me about what this scene, how this scene worked for you in a way that most of them didn't. I'm lying. I hated it. Um, okay. They talk about it's their... Like our, I was uh, trying to remember what about this scene made it work better for you. Fucking nothing. It sucks. Talk about their wedding registry. Shib reminds him that this is just fun. It's nothing. There's no God. There's no anything. There's just people in rooms trying to be happy. Oh, boy. She's a real bundle of fucking joy, isn't she?
1: Well, she's a bundle of fucking joy that's really trying to justify herself right now, and is trying to bury guilt
0: away behind a certain degree of Nietzsche philosophy. <laughs> uh, Ship claims that she convinced Gil to cut the anti-Waystar stuff on his ATN interview that's going to happen tonight. Nate doesn't like it, and so you know this is this is actually the most I think realistic aspect of their relationship, where you have one advisor trying to get him to tack to the left, one trying to get him to moderate, and they kind of bicker back and forth about it. Yeah. Uh, she claims that Gil isn't uh, no Nate doesn't like it and he points out like Gil is not capable of playing to the base while sim- simultaneously in the middle and Shib says if he can't ride two horses at once why is he at the circus
1: which is a good line it's a good line yeah
0: that's good anything else you want to say about this shit scene <laughs>
1: No, I'm just, uh, it's one of the fun things of where these particular scenes are fine, they don't amuse me that much, but I look forward each episode, each week, to what you're going to say about them, just because I know how much they annoy
0: you. Ugh, these two again in bed. We shouldn't Mm. be doing this. Anyway, uh, Kendall and Stewie approach Sandy. Um, Spencer, question for you. Do you really believe that Sandy goes to this place, like, recreationally? No
1: jesus christ no i enjoy how everybody's trying to try to convince themselves that he does though yeah i i don't think he does at
0: all um stewie explains that sandy wants in on waystar but a uh, little detail here he's actually already in yeah stewie is sandy stand sandy is stewie head of a horse dick of a squan <laughs> swan sorry dick of a swan pretty funny line there from uh from stewie um sandy explains he has a shell company attached to to Stewie's private equity firm, uh, I'm a parasite on a parasite.
1: Yeah, and this is, again, interesting. Because this hits uh, Kendall like a ton of bricks. Because he still has a certain measure of pride that he got Sandy in and helped save the company. And now he's realized that Sandy played the shit out of him. in Stewie. a way that Stewie he, played the shit sorry, out of him. Sorry, Stewie. Sandy, too, played the shit out of him in a way he just had no concept of. Yeah. And...
0: For a moment, he's pretty damn pissed. Controlling it, but pissed. Kendall says, "You should have disclosed that to me." <laughs> Stewie is the best. He just—he's like Roman. He doesn't lie. You were a hundred percent right. I should have done that, uh, Stewie. So apparently, my girlfriend is having a panic attack. <laughs> so I'm going to leave See, you guys be. <laughs> I've finished my role and I'm out. <laughs> oh my god, Stewie's love life is very interesting to me.
1: Well, come on, hes just lying right now, right? He's just—who he, knows that's fair yeah you can never be sure with him he's as you said he's a very similar category to roadman where he can
0: say whatever he wants and everyone just goes okay that's probably actually true bye yeah i mean like he totally could have brought someone to this party or the girl that he claims is his girlfriend who runs the party and she just took drugs and is freaking out that totally could be happening sure or
1: more likely scenario i imagine his role was to get kindle in the same room as sandy and now
0: he's backing out under prior instructions Uh, A very awkward um, scene starts when Kendall starts to babble about his VC projects to Sandy and Roman shows up. Yeah. He's asking if he's uh, giving Sandy a pitch. Uh, They start bickering. Sandy is gracious. He tries to explain away their bickering by the fact that they're family. Finally, Roman spits out that Kendall used to lock him in a cage. Roman claims it was a game called Dog Pound where he would get locked in a cage and he'd have to eat kibble until someone came and unlocked him.
1: When Roman first said this, did you think this was like the same thing as him, you know, say, telling Connor, I'm going to tell the therapist that you used to diddle me? Or did you think that there was some element of truth in this?
0: I did not think there was an element of truth in it, but I should have. Just because this show is so weird. I mean, yeah. this is it's interesting. we It just gets disclosed here that there's some version of a game where Kendall locked his younger brother in a cage. His younger brother acted like a dog, ate food out of a dog bowl, and Everybody liked it. And that's not the weirdest thing that happens or gets referenced.
1: No, this is, that's just background for the show. That's just part of the
0: character background. (laughs) Charming background (laughs) painting Mm -hmm. in the, the character of the personality. Sandy has no idea what to do with this information, uh, but walks off and tells Kendall, I'll see you later. Yeah. Roman questions, Kendall about not remembering this game. Uh, Kendall clarifies he never made him eat dog food and that it was a game. Um, Roman blows up, and Kendall says, go ask Shib, go ask Connor, and Roman leaves.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Roman Roman makes his way through a very frisky dance floor. Uh, a lot of things going on here, Censor.
1: Yeah, it's a lot to process. It's one of the things I feel like I, I almost am obliged to rewatch to see. Ooh. All of the background work they've got going on throughout all
0: this stuff. All right, rewatch. And Connor mm. says, uh, he goes Connor, and he says, uh, you remember this game? The dog pound, the dog Man. Connor's fucked up here, but he is lucid enough to say he remembers the game, uh, but clarifies that Roman liked it. No, you asked to be in that cage. It was really weird, but I think you enjoyed it. Drops that the kibble was really chocolate cake.
1: And this is one thing. This is one thing you often see, like the older sibling of where Connor was probably old enough that. He, I mean, how much older do we think Connor is than like Roman and Kendall? Like at least a decade, right? Maybe well, even older. Well, it's
0: tough because the actual actor is only about ten years junior. Of the guy who plays Logan yeah so but, you know I mean you can assume that maybe maybe Logan maybe they've lo- uh they've they've aged Logan's character up from his actor let's say 10 years sure um so then you know Logan was probably about 20 when he had Connor
1: mm-hmm which would i i think that probably places Connor at least maybe 10 years older than Roman or Kendall I, yeah you 55, think about 360
0: something like that even maybe even more yeah
1: yeah so he was old enough that he was very much Able to remember all of these events in a way that's very annoying for Roman because Roman's version is apparently very. I mean, I trust Connor here. I don't think Connor's making this up. And no. Everyone keeps returning to Connor to get the uh, actual um, course of what occurred. It's just really funny to see all of them have the preconceptions they built into this memory and just have Connor just very casually, while high, go, nope, that's not accurate. You really actually had a lot of blast in that cage.
0: Yeah, I, I, think we're, I think we're made to believe that that Connor is right here. Uh, he mentions that... Uh, Roman mentions, no, 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 no. He did this to me until I got upset and started wetting the bed, and that's why I got sent to military school. And Ro- Connor says, no, Roman, uh, you asked to go to military school. Roman sees completely flummoxed by this and just storms off.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, like you, I, think, I, think, I don't think Connor's making this up or
0: inaccurate. <laughs> I think
1: Roman's just kind of built his own story about this that suits what he wants out of it.
0: Yeah. Uh, cut to greg he's looking for tom tom eventually calls shib asking very topical here is this a quid pro quo arrangement <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, shib cuts him off because she's literally in the halls at atn because um gill is about to go on and uh, uh she says look I, I gotta go um cut to Kendall on a cell phone talking to frank who says the girl he met the girls he met with to have the, the art thing <laughs> that uh, that tone-deaf Kendall didn't really know how to talk about, uh, they passed. They're not going to take his money. Which shocks the crap out of Kendall right now. Yeah. Um, he says he's going to go talk to her. Terrible idea here.
1: Yeah. You just saw her doing lines of coke in this kind of club. This isn't the business setting to have this conversation.
0: He does find her, but in his looking around, we see the weirdness that is this place. Um, Mm -hmm. She tries to brush him off. Says, can we do this later? Um, He mentions that he's about to make a ton of money. And she says, it's not about that. It's about the name, Dust, which I guess is the name of his VC startup. Uh, Roy, Kendall Roy. It would be like I was marrying Hitler. And then what? I get to be Mrs. Hitler? Ooh. She then goes on to explain she doesn't want to be Hitler Incorporated. Kendall rightly says, stop saying Hitler.
1: (laughs) It's interesting when she does this is that Kendall looks really actually offended. Like, this is hurting him to hear her say this over and over again. And he doesn't really respond back. He doesn't attack her. He doesn't counterpunch them in the insults. He just really kind of asks her to stop
0: saying that. Yeah, I think a couple things are going on here. One is he wants to keep trying to close the deal so he doesn't blow yeah. up. He doesn't lose his temper. But also, I think part of him knows, like, I always am going to get this in my life.
1: Yeah, I'm always going to be Hitler to these people. There's nothing I can do about that. There's literally no response I can offer. I have been prejudged in a way that I cannot escape from.
0: Kendall says, you don't know what I am. And she says, consensus says you're a coked up prick who can't shit straight. You think you're different? Kendall keeps trying. She says she's probably being more (laughs) forthright than usual, usual, you know, because of the coke. Fair. That's a very, very self-aware comment. Uh, She goes to leave. Kendall grabs her arm and she hits him with the Roy house words. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. Kindle then sits down to do some coke himself This is a pretty
1: brutal scene for Kendall Because, you know, this is again an example of Kendall's trying hard, he's trying to Make a business deal work, he's trying to find A way outside of his family And he
0: just keeps getting Fucked over And yeah, it's, it's tough um, Yeah, I, I don't know, I mean, I, I think this was never Going to work, and, and my question now After watching this scene I now blame those girls Because those girls should have never taken that meeting yeah. If, why if, did you take that meeting if you think he's fucking Hitler? Like, And then yeah. not even to give him a firm no in the room.
1: Yeah, that's just one of the things of where, it, yeah, that's one of the things where I'm, I'm, try, I'm more sympathetic to Kendall than I all in any way am towards them. Because if this was their mindset, if this is how they regard him, then they never were going to deal with him, no matter what he said. So why waste anyone's time other than just be a
0: jerk? That's exactly what they were doing, I think. I think that was their little, little, little bit of power over a Roy. So they wanted mm-hmm. to, to hurt him. And that's what okay. they did. In which case, fuck them. Fuck off. Uh, Gil's interview at ATN starts. Um, so Spencer, oh God, uh, we had a conversation on this very podcast feed a couple episodes ago where you were really bought into the Bernie Sanders is Gill angle.
1: Yeah, and uh, this put a bit of a flaw, well, no, I, it still is. But I was buying into a uh, a different explanation for his depression in the past than is now proven accurate. Apparently, yeah. Hillary Sanders does not uh, sorry, Hillary Sanders. Oh Hillary my Clinton God, does not man, ex-
0: Reddit so mad
1: at you. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary Clinton does not exist in this universe in the way I expected.
0: Uh, no, not not yet anyway, and that's not a spoiler. She's not I don't know. Um mm. but yeah, <laughs> you you seem to think I'll recap you seem to think that his depression was because he lost the nomination, the last cycle to some female that would be a sort of proxy for Hillary Clinton. What we find out immediately in this uh, interview is that the uh, his Gil's wife had killed herself about a year prior. Gil tries to deflect, obviously. I mean, it's a weird fucking thing to start a conversation with. And this lady just keeps pushing and keeps pushing. She kind of suggests during her line of questioning... You know, can he really be ready to lead the country after a year of of just a year of your wife after your wife killed herself? And then even gets to a point of an insinuation that people ask kind of what he did, you know, in this process. Like, did he participate in this in some sort of way? It was kind of that thing of like, well, people are saying and then that, that way you get it off your shoulders, you know. Really shit move here. Uh, Gil loses his temper, blames Logan directly and then taunts that his only daughter works for him, which I thought was a boss move and storms out.
1: It, this was an incredibly awkward thing to watch. Mm-hmm. I can totally picture Fox News ever doing this if Bernie Sanders goes on their program in some equivalent kind of way, but man, that was rough to see. Then just keep on hammering that issue. Like, I sympathize with Gil here. It's just, what else could he have done to that line of questioning other than counterpunch the way he did?
0: No, he he handled it exactly... Like, if I was a Gill supporter, I'd be very happy with that. I mean, obviously, Shib doesn't like that her name gets brought up, but I mean, that's the only trump card he's got. And he, I mean, Gil knows... And he's right, that this line of questioning came from on high because he yeah. it, it happens like a week after he starts personally name checking Logan.
1: It's interesting to see uh, Shiv's reaction too because you're right. When she first drops her name, she turns to him and says, "I'm not supposed to be part of this. This isn't what we're talked about." But when he then rips off the microphone and storms out of the room with telling off t- telling off the um, moderator with a couple lines, she's visibly smiling as he's doing this. I think she agrees with you that this is exactly what they need, that they got a lot more out of this than they ever would have gotten if they'd done a polite interview.
0: Oh, cause think about it. If something like this really happened and someone, a candidate handled this the way Gil did, I mean, their base would be sending out this video. They'd raise millions of dollars in like 24 hours.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. No question for a primary
0: for, if, for a primary for the presidency. This is freaking catnip. Yeah, it's great. Uh, back to the party. Uh, Greg sees Kendall doing coke and tries to stop him. Kendall finally is like, "Why, why have you been up my ass all like, night? What's going on?" And Greg comes clean, explains, "Hey, Logan tasked me with doing this and I'm trying to do it for him." Kendall then, oh my god, <laughs> he's so funny. He uh, he then switches gears and says, "Well, I'm about to do these four lines of cocaine to top off the four lines I just did, and then my heart will explode unless you stop me." Kendall is being a remarkable dick to Greg here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, Ken, uh, Greg offers a really, really good uh, explanation for why he can't do that. Spencer-esque here. I don't do white drugs. I like a muster. I don't do white drugs. <laughs>
1: yeah, similar circumstances. That might be all my brain can just come up with <laughs> in that
0: kind of situation. <laughs> oh, man. Kendall, again, being a boy bully here. My dad is going to be super upset if his son ODs. Kendall does a line counting on you to look after me okay okay give it to me all right greg goes for it uh in comes tom is that tom is that tom's music oh greg go for it greg suck on those big white dicks you fucking pervert thank you tom you're being very helpful right now (laughs) to greg's credit he houses the lines and this actor I i watched this multiple times laughed out loud he does this really funny thing I don't know if you caught it He finishes his third line And then he kind of falls over And makes an exploding sound Like a like a, Yeah Like a plane crash or something just Yeah
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah I don't really
1: have a concept of this But how much cocaine did he just do right now? It Maybe. seemed like a lot
0: Yeah he did He did three big ones I mean you, It's Some But I mean it's, it's not gonna kill him But you don't wanna make a habit of it all night
1: no, um, and particularly for a guy who clearly has never had any before, this is going to be a bit of his night now.
0: As we see, um, Tom then again coming in with the commentary. Oh my god, you total coke whore, <laughs> Greg. <laughs> Tom's is, in good form. Greg's the best though, because he's, so, he's such a noob. He doesn't know what to, He says, "Should I puke?" <laughs> Tom, not unless you can puke up your entire bloodstream. <laughs> good line from Tom there Greg very line around from Tom. and says, uh, where did he go? And Tom just looks at Greg doesn't change the subject. Buckle up. fucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor Greg. He has such a rough run of this. Yeah. He has a rough night. He does. Um, cut to Shib walking into a restaurant. Logan is sitting in the back. Um, they make some small talk and it's apparent that they had this standing date. And Logan's glad that she kept it. Shib immediately brings up the interview. Um, she it's unsaid that he's responsible for the line of questioning logan says to tell Gil to not speak about his family on his or any network ever again logan <clears throat> i'm a bad father how dare he he's a bad fucking husband who killed his wife whoa does he actually believe
1: that no do you think he really believes that it's certainly in the narrative he's pushing and he's certainly returning to it but i can't imagine he actually thinks that's true
0: Uh, the impression i got is that the right thinks that he's such an insufferable prick that his wife couldn't live with him yeah not that he actually physically did it but it's just a really i mean it just shows that when you piss logan off he goes to a 14 so fast man like he's a bad fucking husband who killed his wife good lord
1: and yeah before he's done he's also kind of vaguely maybe threatening his daughter here too
0: oh yeah he goes on to make his pitch he says he wants her to come into the company says, he always thought she was the smartest. Great line by Shib here. Oh, so that's why he tried Kindle and Roman first. Um, Shib, never la- uh, never lacking confidence, says, you know what, I am the smartest, and I can see through this attempt to buy me off. That really makes it Logan angry. He says he's always tried to do right by her, but maybe he should just, quote, let them come for you. What does this mean? Well, I think he gives a, he gives a bit of a, an indication. She's kind of asked what that means. And he says, look, I don't know. I don't know. But I hear I, things. Yeah. So I think it's you probably th- about her cheating on Tom.
1: And that, that seems to be the way that she interprets it. Because next thing we see her,
0: she's gone to Nate and is going, we kind of need to stop. She says, um, if this is the way things are going to go, then fuck off, Dad. House words.
1: <laughs> it, it's, it's a good reminder that she's very much part of this family. <laughs> <laughs> Logan
0: then says, I am truly sorry cut to roman explaining to tom that uh uh no sorry it's tom explaining to roman um, Mm -hmm. that he may just ask for a handy now again folks this gets this gets blue uh roman don't pre-rationalize you you get off you eat the shame for dessert (laughs) (laughs) good line um rogue roman then sees who tom is talking about and he is immediately into her oh yeah down immediately Roman it's like oh like he's like biting his hand you know he's doing like the damn you saw her first shit that it's
1: almost interesting I I thought when I first watched that he may have been like putting it on to like encourage Tom just like come on yeah she's really hot you really should go for her. I'd go for her too but I don't know I don't think Roman would cares enough about Tom to even fake that
0: no I think he really liked her <clears throat> yeah he says I'd be all over that I'd be like oh fuck <clears throat> Tom asks, "Do you have a smit?" Do "You have a smit?" "What is a spit? What is a spit?" A "Smit, I think it's a it's a it's a type of mitt." "Of course it is." "Roman uh, uh Roman. No, just go grab your baloney pipe and jizz.
1: <laughs> "Man, it's fun to have you play this episode." "I told you. You
0: have to. You, have to. you can't do a recap of this episode without it." No, "Sorry everybody." Can't. "Uh Roman watches as they walk away to a dark corner." Uh, Roman approaches Stewie Stewie mentions a guy masturbating near the hors d'oeuvres Quote, it's a fucking health hazard <laughs> I would say so uh, Roman wants to talk to Sandy Stewie tries to blow him off Roman gets riled up and says he could be a migraine for Stewie with a word in the right ear he came to talk to Sandy on Stewie's word now make it happen Stewie backs up plays straight guy says okay I'll make it happen
1: but a, this is an aggressive move by Roman we haven't normally seen out of him before. It's utterly impotent because we know actually why he's here and what he's just being used as cover. But it's still a bit more of a spine than I necessarily expect Roman to have.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Greg um, then approaches Connor, who is in some kind of way. Oh, boy, Connor. <sighs> Greg has a really good line here. Um, I tried to hide, but it finds you. Wherever you go, <laughs> the party finds you. Mm-hmm. Whoever wrote that, I'm pretty sure, has done drugs. It's just too specific. <laughs> uh, Connor gets his final uh, warning from somebody who works there. Greg, w- wait, what's happening? This lady explains that Connor keeps telling people that he loves them. Um, side note, what do you expect when you leave a fucking bowl full of Molly on the counter?
1: <laughs> that used to think? be the natural response, yes. What do you
0: think people are going to start hugging each other and talking about fucking weird connections they have in the cosmos? That's the the goal, right? I mean, what else were you really expecting? Yeah, it's like, you know what it's like? It's like being like, look, here's all the free Coke, but bedtime's at 930. Come on. (laughs) You are setting them up for failure. Yeah, Connor says um, he should apologize he shouldn't and takes off to give the girl a hug. No, no. Mm -mm.
1: Sit down. (laughs)
0: Uh, so here we come to the scene of the episode, Spencer. Oh Christ, we're here. We're here. Um, this is, this is something else even for HBO. Uh, I remember the first time I watched this scene, I paused it and I took a lap. I couldn't believe (laughs) they got, I was just in disbelief that they went there. This was your stop moment before you needed a minute. I I just, I, I, I like... I had respect for the writers before this, but this took it to a level where I'm like, okay, I don't, I have no idea what they're going to do. Right. The limits
1: have been shattered. The future is, un, is uncharted. So, Spencer, do you want to explain what happened to Tom? Okay. Um, would you you'd like me to describe it in my own words, I presume? You
0: do whatever you feel like you need to do.
1: Okay. Well, Tom went off with that uh, beautiful lady that he and Roman were so into And uh, they go into a room, and there's some making out that occurs, and some touching, and she begins to go down on him. And clearly, Tom enjoys it and finishes into her mouth. And um, then she performs something on him, which I believe is referred to as a snowball. Ooh, that's her experience. And uh, Tom has now returned to uh, share this experience with Greg who uh, I don't think responds the way that he was hoping for in this moment, nor does anyone
0: going forward. Tom is so excited, and Greg just looks at him, and he says, I swallowed it. And Greg says, "Which the cum? He says, yeah, it's so hot. You swallowed your own load? I did, and it's a thing. I haven't heard of it before. (laughs) Tom is insistent it's a thing. Spencer, you know what the thing is. Yeah, it's a thing. Greg just asks when he's allowed to go home. Apparently, they have cars at 5. Man, when this family parties, woo! they're leaving at 5 a.m. Um, and it's interesting
1: to now see the shift in Tom of where Tom has gotten his rocks off. He's had his experience. It was clearly something he wasn't fully comfortable with, but he's trying to act like it is because he's at his bachelor party. And now he's starting to calm down and it's starting to not get fun anymore. And the scene just ends with him and Greg. Greg just saying, I want to go home and tom just kind of nods it's like yeah i'm kind of done now
0: no tom does does try to lie he says greg i'm having the time of my life and greg just looks down and goes this is nightmarish
1: that's the one he starts to nod to yeah you're right uh
0: and that's that's the a very popular meme from this show uh, greg at the bar this is nightmarish
1: yeah it, it's again I've, re- I've really found tom's emotional reaction to these scenes interesting and it's interesting to see him just really start to go i wonder if it's if it's a certain degree of guilt over what happened i wonder if it's finally the discomfort coming in of where this really isn't his space as much as you like to pretend to be but he's internalized and a bit depressive going forward for most of the rest of this episode
0: yeah uh shib goes into nate's hotel room um she's upset she's clearly upset uh he starts a thing and she just says look it's becoming real which might be a problem for us she then asks if she can stay there, but with him as a human dog at the foot of the bed. So, clearly, she just wants to stay in bed with somebody. She doesn't want to, like, hook up with him or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, cut back uh, to... Go ahead.
1: Yeah, clearly, that conversation she had with her dad rattled her quite a bit, as most of her conversations with her dad do. She clearly wants to have a close relationship with her father. She clearly wants something to happen. And when these moments of very Frank Logan honesty occur... She's really not able to process it or take it. It's clearly not how much of their relationship has worked up until recent times.
0: Well, she's got to be terrified because Kendall betrayed her father. Yeah. And Logan planted stories in the the news about him doing drugs and shit that he didn't do, which actually probably, you know, contributed to his relapse. Mm -hmm. And she knows that Logan views her participation in the guilt campaign as a betrayal. And he's basically said, I hear things. It's, it's, it's it's completely in his wheelhouse to just start leaking all the affairs she's had. Yeah. At his whim, he can end any future career that she has
1: effortlessly. Gil will abandon her in a heartbeat and yeah, she feels impotent in a way that she never wants to. That's why she goes to him and says, I need you to be a dog at the end of the bed. I need, (laughs) I need a certain measure of control over the situation. Essentially.
0: Cut back to Kendall. Yeah. He's talking out of his mind um she went out of his mind connor um connor asks if there's a room for all the humping because he's lost roman <laughs> <laughs> very 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 funny uh connor mm. mentions the dog pound um Here we says go, yeah man. yeah roman was in there and he was, he was really freaking out about this um kendall says yeah roman liked the game right And he said yeah 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 but so did you you liked putting him in the cage too Really mm-hmm. telling line here from Connor. I do not think Connor would ever say this line sober. He says, "Dad's theory was, you got two fighting dogs. You send the weak one away. You punish the weak one. Then everyone knows the hierarchy."
1: And I fully believe he's quoting his dad there. That screams something that that Logan would say in regards to how he raises his children.
0: Hundred percent, absolutely. Hashtag on brand. Um, Connor's t- go ahead.
1: Rattle. It's impressive. It surprised me how much that line rattles Kendall. That it's like he never re- again. Connor's offering the older the older sibling wisdom that he just never had at that age. But this is clearly something he never really considered about how his dad raised
0: the two of them. I'm gonna offer an alternative interpretation of the scene. I don't but think he's... it rattles him. I think it emboldens him.
1: That I'd agree on. I agree with you there. I think it surprises him, but then it utterly dedicates him to the to the cause of Sandy Furness and bringing down his dad.
0: Well, but also of being a bully. Of being the alpha. Because there's a uh, we'll get to it. There's multiple moments where he just at this point just goes, you know what? Fucking I am the man. Yeah. Um, Connor takes off in the background. (laughs) I don't know if you caught it. Ask a girl where she was on (laughs) 9-11.
1: God, yeah, I saw it. (laughs) He's
0: the best. Uh, Kendall approaches Sandy. Or or Sandy who's looking out. I guess it's raining. It's early in the morning. He's smoking a cigar. Um, Kendall says, I'm not going to sell. I want in. Bring me on, you know, legit into your operation. And they're talking about a takeover, which they quote is a leveraged buyout hostile. Sandy says that's a dual stock situation. Do you have any idea what this jargon means?
1: No, they're just saying buzzwords to me. I'm assuming I I know what I know what a hostile takeover is. I I get that. uh, But the rest of this dual stock situation means nothing to me.
0: Me neither. Um, but Kendall explains that the price of the, the, the stock is in the toilet. The shareholders shareholders are pissed. And he thinks that himself and Sandy can, can bring the shareholders to the table, convince them to sell, which would allow them to complete the hostile takeover. Kindle pitches himself as CEO after the takeover, says he knows the company. Kind of makes sense. Sandy Sandy doesn't hate it. Mentions that Stewie's not going to like it. Kindle fucks Stewie. He'll follow the money like a dog. And they shake on it
1: and they do and a new plan is set in motion that I can only imagine is going to be the subject of the next two episodes <laughs> man we don't have much of this season left for how much seems to need to still occur you gotta think it'll come up yeah, yeah yeah I picture this comes up really damn quick given that again we have two episodes left in this season yep
0: Shib is in bed with Nate and gets a call I wonder what the fuck time this is does Marsha call her at like 3.30 in the morning
1: uh yeah I'm picturing she called her about 3.30
0: in the morning So weird. Um, It's Marsha. She says Logan isn't well um, and won't be able to make the wedding. Shib does not seem surprised. Uh, Marsha says he really is sorry, Shib. Yeah, me too. Nate asks if she's okay. Yeah, I'm great. It's two less dinners the catering staff will have to organize. He goes back to bed. She just mutters, I don't know, Nate. I don't fucking know.
1: Yeah. And meanwhile, we see Logan very much watching Marsha deliver this call and then calmly getting up and walking away.
0: Yep. So I guess I think that the dinner rattled Logan too. If he's still up brooding on this at three thirty in the morning,
1: I don't think Shiv did what he thought she was going to do. I think that caught him off guard. I think he's always kind of thought with his children that if I give them an opportunity to go in, of course they'll go in because they're family. And they'll do what I ask, what I want them, and what and expect them to do. And the fact that she isn't when he's offered her everything that she ever, everything he thought she would want really caught him off guard. I don't think he ever thought he would need to threaten her.
0: Dude, I think he's really rattled by Gil. Like, I mean, I think we're in a situation where, like, he, he's hearing the rhetoric and he's seen it. And he's going to recruit Michael Bloomberg to run for president. <laughs> Topical. <laughs> uh, cut back to the party. Uh, Roman is pitching to Sand San, pitching to Sandy about his local TVs, uh, mm-hmm. TV channels. This is what uh, Stewie said Roman should do all along. That's why he should even... Go to this thing and, and set this bachelor party up as to, hey, if you get Sandy to sell his local TV channels, well, now Logan is King Kong or whatever.
1: And again, we see the exact same conversation play out that we've seen Roman and Kendall experience several times in the past of where Sandy says nothing committing to this deal. It could happen. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all he says. and uh, It could happen. This is great. And that's it.
0: Done. Roman, Roman gets excited, tugs on his shirt. He seems to think he did it. Sandy, great line here. Let's jerk him around a bit and throw him back.
1: <laughs> and finishing it with this fucking family. And what yeah. we're all thinking. <laughs> that Yeah. The summary of this show set out by Sandy right there.
0: This yeah. fucking family. Yeah, seriously. God, think about what he's seen. Like, first off, to even get him in a room, you have to be at like a coked up fucking orgy. Mm-hmm. And then when you do, you hear a story about how one of them put the other one in a dog cage when they were kids and made them eat dog food. And they both b- bicker at each other and they both are going for some sort of weird power play. Would you so, Yeah, I got to... it. Well, to in some way affect their father, one to yeah. to get his love, the other one to fuck him.
1: Yeah. It's the fact that it's even two sides of the same the fact that it's two opposite ends of the spectrum probably just makes it even more just appalling to Sandy that man this family just watch them go.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, You were going to say something.
1: Would you... If you were Kendall, how much do you trust Sandy here? I mean, I would fully believe that he would team up to bring down your dad, but I would not necessarily as much trust him to keep you around once he's accomplished his objective.
0: I would trust him. I mean, only because, you know, he needs Kendall in order to make this happen. And you could set up... I mean, I don't know, you're a lawyer. You could set up contracts and contingencies such that, like, if, if Kendall plays ball you know he's he's off this position is going to be his short of some sort of big buyout or something i mean he yeah. could, he could he could structure this in a way where it would be very difficult for sandy to go back on his word i also think that sandy bought what kendall was saying kendall was saying look you don't know the company i do if you want to tear it apart i'm the guy
1: yeah and all of this is true it's just one of the things of where you've helped him get the keys to the castle you've helped bring it down brick by brick at that point he does not really necessarily need you anymore but again he can structure so, very ways to protect himself
0: so not necessarily true right because Kendall is not selling he's not he, he still will have that stock he's just now in a partnership so we, in a way I don't know how much you know stock Kendall has as a percentage of the total hmm. but you got to think if they if they're successful with the takeover at 51 percent, you know, Kendall has a substantial amount. If he flips, you know, it could be could, it could go the other way. So, you, you know, Sandy would still need him in the fold. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, Kendall and Roman get an elevator. And this is where I'm talking about. Kendall just being a bully. He just stares at him. Mm-hmm. And Roman's like, what are you doing? Like, what? And then, like, Roman kind of, I think it does affect Roman a little bit. He kind of mutters. And then on his way out, Kendall just jams him into the side of the elevator and stormed pretty, him off. Pretty damn hard, too. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it's a good bookend, right? Unnecessary mm-hmm. unnecessary violence has nothing to do with you. That Kendall just perpetrated upon Roman. Roman mm-hmm. did to Greg earlier in the episode.
1: <laughs> Valid point. Did really see it that way. Good call.
0: Yeah. Um, outside, um, Connor <laughs> says um, to uh, to Tom. Greg tells me you swallowed your own load. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty wild. It's cool though. It's like I didn't cheat. All oh, the sperm stayed in my own body. Like a closed-loop system.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a lot of the freaking episode right there.
0: Line of HBO. Yeah. I, it's funny. Every Everybody who's watched this uh, episode before... I didn't do it to you because you, you just recently watched it. But everybody who's watched it always referred to it as the closed-loop system episode.
1: That should have been the title. That really that exactly. should have been the title.
0: A closed-loop system. How was that not the title? Uh, but... It it has it disgusted my wife to the point that every time I reference this episode, she politely asks me not to use that term. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that that should have been the title. It's a it's a line. It's definitely line of the episode. Um, Connor calls Wyla to say he loves her. Oh, he is so pathetic. Kendall angrily asks where the car is. He's still in alpha mode. In walks mm-hmm. Roman. Congratulations, Tom. Here you swallowed your own load. Tom. Yeah, I did. <laughs> And then to, to round out the, the sequence, Connor's on the phone to Wyla. It's been a really wonderful night. I would love a chicken pot pie. Okay, honey, <laughs> see you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything you want to say about this exchange? It's um, it's television history. It's Television history, it's going to be the line of
1: the episode, even though it wasn't even said by friggin' Roman. Um, yep. <laughs> Roman's been beaten in his own
0: game this episode. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um, Tom walks in to see Shib. This is the morning of... Shib asks what happened. Um, He says, well, you know, just, and then Shib feigns anger. She's just fucking with him. Um, Thing I noticed from this scene is that Tom wouldn't kiss her in the mouth. (laughs) Gentleman that he is. Gentleman that he is. Cut to Kendall. He gets out. He's in a suit. Uh, This guy does not sleep. I mean, my God, (laughs) he has been up all night doing drugs. And now he's like, okay, let's go make this deal happen. Kendall calls Frank. uh, Still in alpha mode. He says he wants to put the word around that the girls from the art gallery are, quote, junkies. They're sluts. They're shooting seed capital right into their arms. Let's sink them. Harsh.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree with your idea that this is the new Kindle we're going to see now. He has embraced a whole new role. The motivation necessarily for that, why it's occurred, can debate to a certain degree. But I agree with you. It's a definitely reasonable interpretation that he's going to now prove his dad, embrace his dad's philosophy for the purpose of ending his dad.
0: Yeah, Kendall walks into a boardroom with only Stewie and Sandy sitting there. Sits down, gentlemen. Shall we? Stewie wraps up the uh, the episode with the line, "My man." And here we are. And That's the end of Succession episode eight, titled "A Closed Loop System."
1: Thank you. That is the name. The that, t- that is the name going forward for us. We will never refer to it as Prague again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Spencer. I hyped this episode up enough. Hell, of an uh, did I hype it up too much?
1: No, honestly, you didn't give me enough to really go on to understand why it was going to be hyped. You just said it's the bachelor party. I was like, oh, that'll, that'll be fun to watch. Did not know it was going to be this. You didn't give me enough frame of reference that it was spoiled
0: in any way or oversold.
1: It was great.
0: Yeah, it, 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 it's it, it's interesting. that I, I wanted to do this episode with you just because I felt like this was such wild and sort of weird writing, and it just was something I just didn't expect. What? But it is something where like I have like I think about like my family. Some of my friends, and they're like, "I really want to support Lee. Let's listen to his podcast."
1: <laughs> this is the one they go on to. Oh, they released a new one. Let's try this.
0: Yeah, let's. Okay, try- oh, I'm done. Oh, cool. Did they go to art galleries? <laughs> uh, I-
1: And again, this is one of the things where I recommended this show to my parents. I was like, oh, you know, I've watched a few episodes of this. I think they'll enjoy it. And again, my dad called me after this episode and said, Spencer, I know you haven't seen all this show yet. Maybe you should have first. We're going to keep watching, but you'll see.
0: Yeah, so that's on me. Um, Sorry, Leech family. (laughs) Apologies. Uh, That's on me. Uh, But yeah, I I enjoyed it. Uh, We'll go ahead and we'll get the easy stuff out of the way. Um, Roman line of the episode, delivered not by Roman... Is yeah, it was yeah, it was pretty wild. It's cool though, because it's like I didn't cheat. because all the sperm stayed in my own body, I'm like a closed loop system. Yeah, Thank that you, wins, and gentlemen. That, that that wins everything, and
1: that's impressive. Because there were some good other Roman lines this episode, but they just don't even merit mention. That's the line of the episode right there. It's Absolutely. Like, I almost wish Roman had been there to hear it, because clearly he, I think he would have appreciated it
0: okay now i'll send it to you for um you said you prepared for this uh spencer's romance romance advice of the episode no i didn't prepare for this i've got nothing for this there was nothing to do in this episode
1: you again <laughs> the only relationships we have laid out on the screen really are whatever connor has going with wyla which we've talked about in the previous episode what a disaster area that is and then again tom going on with shiv where again it's two people that are incapable of being honest with each other, one woman that seems to have almost a pathological need for power and control over another individual, while at the same time by having no effort spent in trying to understand herself other than engage in constant activities for the purpose of escaping her own guilt. This, Ooh. These are... Spencer on fire. It's just... It, what's remarkable about this show is just how well and how quickly they've designed characters which are fascinating doing anything. That you can put them in almost any context or situation... And they've already so well encapsulated that they're just remarkable to see how they interact with a new and changed world. And so, putting them in this setting is, of course, just catnip for pleasure for us in terms of seeing it play out. But it's just—it just further proves that this show has done a masterstroke of work of building a convincing and well-rounded collection of characters that you can just find them believable wherever you put them.
0: Yeah, okay, so for your Spencer's uh, romance line, uh, romance advice of the episode, I'll give you two options. you want to pick one? Please, go on. First option. Um, Don't do anything you just saw. (laughs) Okay, yeah. If that
1: needed to be said, sure. Yeah, none of this. Or. None of this. Or,
0: when in doubt, make a chicken pot pie.
1: You know, that's just philosophy for life right there.
0: Because chicken pot pies—they're fucking awesome. They really are. They are fucking delicious. Yeah, Wyla. Yeah. Just—I don't know what you're talking about. <clears throat> how about I make a chicken pot pie?
1: Yeah, and and again, maybe that should give us hope for the relationship. Really, your oh. first thought is—is is that you've called in to say how much you like me. I'm making you a chicken pot pie. It—it's—it'd be a fool's—it's a fool's hope right there. But you know, still, it's a—it's a positive sign, even if the context is utterly disastrous. <laughs>
0: I agree. All right. Now we get to what will likely be a controversial segment. It was last week. We go to Roy of the episode. Okay.
1: I want to hear from you first. What do you put, put forward a bid for who you think is Roy of the episode and we'll both, we'll both go into it and then I'll offer my own alternative.
0: Uh, I am going to give you an honorable mention and a winner. My honorable mention this week is Greg. Greg, (laughs) That he lived Greg did. Kindle is alive, and it's he true. also successfully blew through three pretty fat lines of coke without fucking going a complete freak out. Which, uh, you know, like, I mean, it's a hard drug. A lot of people you you they get it. They get into that you know that heavily that quickly with the lights and the weird shit around, and they could have easily gone down the road of Greg just has a complete mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. Instead, he kind of holds it together. And he even deals with the knowledge that Tom is now a closed loop system in a pretty reasonable way. Yeah,
1: it it, that is really fair that, you know, we've increasingly seen Greg rise to a variety of occasions that he seems entirely ill suited for. And the fact that he even survived the night is a credit in his camp.
0: And Kendall survived.
1: And Kendall, well, Kendall was not going to die. Kendall Kendall, Kendall could have done all of those lines and just, you know, continued with his
0: day. But, ultimately, Greg did not get the ketamine. So, there's that. <laughs> no, no, and honestly, at a certain point, the ketamine may have helped, given the sheer amount of cocaine he wanted to do. Um, so, my winner of Roy of the episode, uh, I'm not going to award it yet, because I want to hear, hear what you have to say. <clears throat> Mine is Kendall. Because Kendall goes from, okay, I tried a vote of no confidence on my dad. I lost by one vote. I, yeah, one vote. Um, he fires me. I'm out in Austerlitz doing fucking crank with a bunch of hobos. But now at the end of this episode, he has a very clear, probably if not as plausible path to be the CEO of Waystar. Um, it's very, very close to his, his earlier path, which was the vote of no confidence, um, and a partnership with a really powerful guy who has a vested interest in ensuring that Kendall is happy. I think he ends the episode in a very good, very powerful position.
1: Your thoughts? And I'm actually 100% there with you. Uh, there is no dispute this week. Kendall is the winner of the episode in terms of Roy, in terms of the Roys. In large part because there's just no other viable alternatives. Roman doesn't really do anything to improve his position. In fact, demonstrates his series of weaknesses and how no one takes him seriously. Tom ends the episode just fundamentally uncomfortable with himself in a way that only Tom can be. Greg lives, so credit there. <laughs> shout out Greg uh, Shiv is now fundamentally worried that her dad could end her any time and will out of just sheer spite um, and has no support at all because she's a horrible person that's burning, burning all of her bridges and Logan as we can see is legitimately rattled either by Shiv or Gil or both in a way that we rarely see him so given these options Kendall but I think that, I don't even think that's necessarily fair I think he has like you said legitimate wins I actually liked his pitch gives me further indication that he actually is again a capable businessman who knows kind of what he's doing even though he's a bit of a douche at times seeing him in this kind of removed from the family state is refreshing and actually kind of actually makes him more likable than he has been previously and yeah the new take charge mentality while it's probably going to be disastrous because seeing him as a dick may mean people die it is as you said seems like the only way he can really get in to where he thinks he needs to be finally running the company it's not going to be the same company it's going to be a shell of what it is but he'll still be the ceo of the wreckage and that is enough for him so from legitimate business acumen again uh, again displayed from jumping on an opportunity even restructuring the opportunity in a way that he wants and having them go along with it i was impressed with kindle this episode I still think that there's going to be disastrous conclusion for him before this season is done, because that seems to be the wor- how this world operates. But at least for right now, he's again, climbing a new mountain to reach a new high. And I'm just waiting for what the Ooh, crash will be.
0: A new high. I like what you did there. God, mm. Poetic. I try. <clears throat> yeah. I, I think Kendall is well positioned at the end of this episode. I thought it was a brilliant move to say, no, I'm not selling. I want in with you. That yeah. keeps leverage on his part. Um, Good, good job by you, Kendall. Yeah, yeah. It also seems to be a
1: recognition of what that girl told him—that you know, you will always be Hitler is true. That he's always going to be viewed in the light of his family, and I think the buyout just—he realized that buying out, while it would have gotten the money to be comfortable, he never would have left his family's legacy. That it always would have been hanging around him like it, though, that albatross around his neck. So instead, he's going to reclaim the legacy. He's going to make it his. He's going to embrace it. Because that is the only option he sees left for him in this world.
0: Yep. <clears throat> All right. Well, we have done it. We've gotten through a bizarre, brilliant, cringy, amazing, talked-about episode. <laughs> All the adjectives. Episode 8, closed-loop system. Anything you want to mention about this episode before we move on?
1: Ah, uh, this is just one of those moments of where I, re- I figure this arc, in some ways, this arc is going to wrap up this season? It's just... Every time I have a vague idea of where I think it's going to go, the show immediately thwarts me. So, next two episodes, I'm assuming there's going to be a wedding. I'm assuming that's going to happen. But beyond that, I have no clue. And that's exciting. I can't even predict what's going to happen going forward, other than I assume it will all end with Kindle failing. Because that's what they've given me so far. Just don't know how that's going to play out, though
0: we will see um so if you're a listener to this podcast you've probably noticed that our podcasts have started coming out on Sundays that's going to continue unless Spencer and I screw that up Uh, so our plan is to release these every Sunday uh we'll have episode 9 and episode 10 of season 1 and then Spencer me and you're going to barrel right into season 2 that's the plan I really enjoyed it see ya